Amen. Well, please take your Bibles and turn at this time uh, to the book of Galatians. We're in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Our message series for the summer is on the fruit of the Spirit and growing to be more like Jesus. And uh, the fruit of the Spirit is really all about that. It's all about growing more like Jesus. You know, when you become a Christian, God gives you the Holy Spirit to help you, to change you. The Holy Spirit works to develop the character of Christ within you. And the, the fruit of the Spirit is really just this beautiful picture or portrait of our Lord Jesus. And God wants your life and mine to reflect that beautiful picture of His Son. As we said last week, there's really just one fruit of the Spirit, but there are nine parts, okay? And so we're going to be looking at a different part each week this summer. So today we begin with the fruit of love. And our Lord Jesus was the most loving person who ever walked the face of this planet. And so when you grow in love, you are growing to be more like Jesus. So in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. This is the Word of God. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, as we uh, look into your word today at the fruit of love, uh, Lord, we pray that you would indeed help us not only to hear about love today and to read about love, but Lord, we want to grow in love. We want this fruit to be growing in our lives. And so, Lord, we cast ourselves upon you and ask that you would speak to us through your word and through your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. So today we're looking at the fruit of love in the believer's life, and the fruit of love has to do with your attitude, your attitude towards other people. Do you have a loving attitude, or do you have an unloving attitude? Are you giving towards other people, or do you tend to be selfish, self-centered? Do you view others in the Worst possible light or the best possible light? Do you judge people or do you give them grace freely? Do you tend to hold grudges or do you forgive other people freely? See, all of these, these things have to do with your attitude. Are you loving or unloving? in your attitude towards other people. Notice that your attitude is different from your feelings, right? We sometimes think of love as just something that you feel. It's a feeling. You know, you feel love in your heart. And yes, that's true. It's a beautiful feeling, isn't it? But love is more than just a feeling. The Bible says love is both a command and a choice. And this means that you can choose to love other people even when you don't feel like it, right? It all comes down to your attitude towards the other person. Will you adopt an attitude of love or not? You know, we sometimes talk about needing an attitude adjustment, but the Bible speaks about having an attitude transformation. That's what we need. 
Uh, We are born selfish, and we will all continue down that path until God helps us and changes us. We need God's help to help us love other people as God would truly have us love them. And so our saying, we have a saying that goes along with each part of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, There's a sheet that we gave out last week in the worship guide that has all nine of these. If you didn't get one of those, they're out on the round table. You can pick one up on your way out. But our saying that goes with this first fruit of the Spirit is this. I will grow in love as I allow the Spirit to transform my attitude. I will grow in love as I allow the Spirit to transform my my attitude. There's an outline in your worship guide this morning. I'd encourage you to take that out to follow along and maybe jot down some notes as we go. But let's get started as we look at the fruit of love together. And the first thing we want to do is we want to see what does the Bible tell us about love and God? Love and God. You see, the fruit of the Spirit has to do with God developing the character of Jesus in you through the Holy Spirit. And so we, we want to see how each of these fruit, as we go through the series, how each of the fruit relate back to God. And the Bible tells us, first of all, that God is love, and all love comes from God. We read this in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And although God is described in many ways in the Bible, He's described as loving and kind and patient and glorious, majestic, all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere present, all sorts of descriptions of God in the Bible, right? But there's only a few times in the whole Bible where God is described in terms of what He is. Not what He is like, but what He is. And so we are told that God is spirit. We find that in the Bible. We're told that God is light. And two times we are told that God is love. In other words, God is not only loving. He is that. He is very loving. But He's not only loving. He is love. God is the very spiritual embodiment of love, just as Jesus in His incarnation was the physical embodiment of love. And when we say that God is love, we're not meaning that He's love in distinction from any of His other characteristics. Rather, all of His attributes and characteristics are marked and characterized by love. Love. So when we say God is powerful, that's not opposed to his love. No, he, his power is marked by love. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, it wouldn't be very good to have a powerful being who is not loving, who is not love itself. And so even God's power is marked by his love. God is holy. His holiness is characterized by love. All that God is includes the attribute of love because God is love. And not only is God love, but all love comes from Him. He is the source of all true love. Now, our love for each other is imperfect, right? It's marked by weakness. It's often stained by sin. But whatever whatever is truly love in this world has one source. It all comes from God. 
So that's the first thing the Bible tells us about love and God. God is love. That's who he is. He is love, and all love comes from him. Next, the Bible tells us that God showed his love by sending Jesus. God showed his love by sending Jesus. The next two verses in 1 John 4, verses 9 and 10, tell us this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So once again, love is not simply a feeling or an emotion. Love is an action determined by a fixed attitude. God loves us. He has adopted an attitude of love towards us. And then he showed that love by sending his son, Jesus. God loved the world so much he sent his one and only son into the world to die on the cross for our sins. This shows us true love always involves sacrifice. That true love is is entirely focused on the other person. True love doesn't ask, "What, what do I get out of this situation, right? No, true love asks, what can I give? God showed his love by sending Jesus. And then thirdly, the Bible tells us that God wants to develop his love The love that is who he is himself. He wants to develop his love in your life and in my life. And we find this in the next two verses in 1 John 4, verses 11 and 12. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Remember we said last week the fruit of the Spirit is part of your witness for Christ, right? Uh, As God develops the fruit of the Spirit in your life, that makes your life attractive to other people. It draws them to Jesus who's shining through your life. Well, here John says people can't see God, right? God is Spirit. He's invisible. People can't see God, but you know what they can see? They can see God in you. They can see God in your life when you allow God to develop his love and his fruit in your life. One of the strongest ways to be a good witness for Christ is when you display the fruit of God's love in your life. When you are a loving person, when you love people the way Jesus loved them, you're going to be an amazing witness for Christ. So we start with what what the Bible tells us about Love and God. God is love. All love comes from God. God showed his love by sending Jesus. God wants to develop his love in your life. Then the next thing the Bible tells us about love is this. Love comes first. Love always comes first. Love comes first in three ways. First of all, it's the, the greatest commandment. Secondly, love is the greatest thing of all, the Bible tells us. And thirdly, love is the first fruit which contains all the others. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. First, love is the greatest commandment. Jesus said in Matthew 22, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. 
And the second is like it or included in it, love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the greatest commandment because it is the basis for all the other commandments. All the commandments are important, okay? We can't, get, we can't just get rid of the other commandments and say, well, we'll just keep this commandment for love, right? Because if you got rid of all the other commandments, we wouldn't know how to love God or each other, right? The other commandments tell us how to do that. So all the commandments are important, but love is the greatest commandment. Love is not only the greatest commandment, it's also the greatest thing of all. We read in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, the final verse in that chapter, verse 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You know, earlier in that same chapter, in the opening verses, Paul tells us how love is greater than anything you can speak, know, understand, possess, or give away. He says love is greater than faith or hope. Faith has to do with the present. Hope is for the future, but love is for all time. Faith will become sight. Hope will ultimately be fulfilled, but love continues throughout all of eternity. That's the second reason why love comes first, because love is the greatest thing of all. And then thirdly, and I I love this one, love is the first fruit which contains all the others. There is a reason love comes first in this list of the fruit of the Spirit. It comes first because it's not only the greatest and the most important, but it contains all of the other fruit as well. For example, we we read from 1 Corinthians 13 earlier in the service, verses 4 through 7, Paul's beautiful description of love. I'm going to read those verses to you again, but this time as, as you hear it, I want you to look for the fruit of the Spirit in Paul's description of love. Paul writes, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Do you see see the fruit of the Spirit, or how they're all listed right there in Paul's description of love? It's all there, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You can actually take everyone, every part of the fruit of the Spirit, and you can line it up with something here in Paul's description of love. And that's because they are all part of this first fruit of love. We find a similar, although shorter, list in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 14. Uh, There we read, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Here we have a partial list of the fruit of the Spirit, but once again, they're all contained by one one fruit, right? They're all contained by love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Love binds all the other fruit together. You can't have any of the other fruit without love. Jonathan Edwards called love the sum 
of all grace. He writes, all the fruit of the Spirit, which we are to lay weight upon as evidence of grace, all the fruit of the Spirit are summed up in charity or Christian love, because this is the sum of all grace. I like how the uh, preacher uh, Donald, Donald Barnhouse, he describes each of the fruit of the Spirit as all springing from the one fruit of love. This is beautiful. Listen to this. He writes, love is the key. Joy is love singing. Peace is love resting. Patience is love enduring. Kindness is love's touch. Goodness is love's character. Faithfulness is love's habit. Gentleness is love's self-forgetfulness. Self-control is love holding the reins. You see, love comes first because love is the greatest commandment. It is the greatest thing of all. And love is the first fruit which contains all the others. Then finally this morning, let's talk about growing in love. The fruit of the Spirit is all about growing more like Jesus. So what does the Bible tell us about that, about growing in love? There are a number of things you can do here. First of all, meditate much on God's great love for you in Christ. Spend a lot of time just thinking and contemplating how much God loves you in His Son, Jesus. Remember, love has to do with your attitude, right? And when you realize, when you recognize, when you take in how much God loves you through Jesus, that cannot help but change your attitude towards other people. Jesus tells us in John 13, 34, He says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. What does Jesus do here? Notice how Jesus refers us back to His own love for us, even as He commands us to love one another. In other words, Jesus' love for us is both our primary example of love, it is also our ultimate motivation for love our motivation to love one another. 1 John 3.16 says this, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Now, we all know John 3.16, right? We know that one real good. John 3.16 speaks about the Father's love in sending Jesus. 1 John 3.16, now you got a new one. 1 John 3.16 speaks of Jesus' love in giving himself for us. You see, we can't love others unless we first know what love is. 1 John 3.16 tells us how we know what love is. This is how we know. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's the first way you can grow grow in love as a believer. Simply spend time, meditate much on God's love for you in Christ. It will change your life. Another way you can grow in love is by choosing to forgive other people when they wrong you. Forgive others when they wrong you. We read in Ephesians 4.32, Be kind and compassionate to one another. 
forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Colossians 3, bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love. It's not always easy to forgive, is it? We don't always feel like forgiving, right? But remember, love is more than just a feeling. Love is a command. It is a commitment. It is a choice. And when you choose to forgive someone, you are choosing God's way of love. Now, you may still not feel like forgiving in your heart. You may still not feel like it. You're just obeying God. You're choosing this, but that's okay. Sometimes you you just need to make the right choice first and then, then let your feelings catch up with you later. That's a second way you can grow in love. Choose to forgive others when they wrong you. A third way to grow in love is by seeking to honor other people Above yourself. And boy, that's a tough one for us, isn't it? Seeking to honor others above yourselves. So Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. So this is talking about love. How do we do that? Honor one another above yourselves. The two are directly connected to each other in this verse. We find the exact same thing in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2 is all about loving one another. And in that context, we read verses 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And once again, our natural inclination... Our natural attitude is what? To honor ourselves above other people, right? To look to our own interests before we look to the interests of others. But God says that's not the way of love. And so a third way to grow in love is seeking to honor other people above yourself. And we start looking at this list and we go, I I can't do these things. You're right, you can't. We can't do any of this without God's help. Remember, we learned that last week in our introduction to the series. The fruit of the Spirit is something that God does rather than you do. Right? We, we just can't make this fruit grow. And so a fourth thing you can do is simply ask. Ask God to develop the fruit of His love in your life. We read in Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 13, uh, these are the words of Jesus. Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, and if you're a parent, I assume you know how to do that. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly parent, your heavenly father, your father in heaven, give what? Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And along with the Holy Spirit, his fruit. James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. God wants to develop his love in your life, so ask and you will receive. 
You know you're asking according to God's will, and so you also know that he will answer in the affirmative. This final step is going to be true of all the fruit of the Spirit. Ask God. Ask God to develop the fruit of his love in your life. Here's the bottom line, folks. When you are filled with God's Holy Spirit, I mean, when you are filled with the Spirit of God, you'll also be filled with love. Has to be. When you're filled with God's Spirit, you are filled with love. Works the other way, too. If you are not filled with love, means you're not filled with the Spirit. It's that simple. God is love, and He wants to develop His love in your life. Love is the first fruit of the Spirit. It contains all of the rest. And when you grow in love, you are growing to be more like Jesus. What's our saying for today? I will grow in love as I allow the Spirit to transform my attitude. So my prayer for you this morning, for all of us, myself included, is that you will submit your attitude to God and ask Him to make you more like Jesus. Know that love is a choice. Lean on the Holy Spirit every day to help you make the right choice to love your neighbor as yourself. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, what a beautiful place to start in the fruit of the Spirit as we spend some time just talking about love this morning. It comes first because it's the most important thing. It contains all the rest. Lord, you started here, and so we need to start here. And Lord, we ask that you would grow your fruit and love in us through the Holy Spirit. Help us to yield ourselves to you. Help us to do the things we talked about last week, uh, weeding the garden and watering the garden and uh, uh, abiding in Christ and and, uh, just depending upon you and asking you. And Lord, asking you to fill us with your Holy Spirit each day and to walk in your Spirit Because, Lord, as we are walking in your spirit and filled with your spirit, the love is just going to fill our hearts. It's just going to spill out to others. And, Lord, when we're doing that, not only will we be blessing the lives of those around us, we will be bringing glory to you and we'll be presenting a positive witness to the world around us. Lord, it's so important. Lord, forgive us for not being more loving people. Lord, we want to love like you love. And so, Lord, that needs to come from you. It needs to come through your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.